Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with author Pepper North. Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Pepper, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thank you for including me today. I know. I'm excited to chat with you. We're both in Florida and experiencing some... Um, not so fun, aka basic summer weather here. <laughs> For those that are not aware, summer is our wet season. And right around this time, which is about 3.30 in the afternoon, we get our rainstorms coming in. So hopefully the internet behaves itself. How is that internet over there for you? <laughs> you know, it works pretty well here. We uh, usually, it rocks and rolls, of course, during the storm sometimes, but uh, uh, it's pretty steady. So I think we'll be okay. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I've had extra surge protectors everywhere because I've get I've gotten hit by lightning and then it goes bye-bye and then other things occur. But I do digress. <laughs> Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing and how you got started? Well, I started in 2017. Um, I am uh, a little different maybe than uh, a lot of different authors that are out there in that I didn't grow up thinking that I was going to be an author. That was never anything on my radar. Um, so I wrote a book for myself just for fun in 2017 and put it out on uh, Amazon just as a lark, thinking no one's ever going to buy this. I didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell any of my friends. And I watched it sell thinking, what in the world is happening? So 60 days later, when Amazon was going to send me my first paycheck, I had to tell my husband what in the world I had been doing because a chunk of money was going in to the bank account and he would have no idea where it was coming from. Why was Amazon uh, paying me? So he didn't know for six months what my pen name was. Now he actually works for me and we travel all over the world doing book conferences and having a great time talking books and meeting readers. And this is absolutely my best life ever. So I've got about 90 books out there, probably a little more mm -hmm. uh, since 2017. So I'm a, a quick writer and absolutely love, love books and being able to share stories with people is like a dream. I love how you were sneaky about it. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, just it, it's, I love that you took that chance. You're like, you know what? I'm going to put it out there. Best case scenario, it sells a copy or two, right? That's usually the, the idea. And then worst case scenario, it's still the book that I wrote for me. So no problems. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. you know, it, I think it's a good reminder for everybody that why not try something? I mean, I was putting it out under a pen name. Nobody would know that it was me uh, and just go for it. Sometimes you just have to take a chance in life and it definitely uh, has worked for me. Awesome. So the genre that you currently write in, can you tell us a little bit about that and you know, what is it about that genre that you love so much? I will be glad to. Yes. <laughs> um, the genre now uh, is exploding. There are so many people that are flocking to it, and the readership is amazing. Um, in 2017, when I started uh, writing age playbooks or daddy books, um, there wasn't a huge amount of people that were out there. And in fact, I wrote my first book simply because uh, there were short little like scenes um, that were out that were available to be purchased, but not a complete story. And I wanted that whole story kind of thing. So uh, daddy books or age play books are a kink in the BDSM spectrum, of course, adult only. And it's a form of dominance and submission. Some would probably argue it's a pretty deep form of dominance and submission. And it can um, involve everything from... Um, being kind of a bratty teenager to being all the way to uh, almost babyish. And um, it's simply giving yourself over into control of someone else. Okay. Now I know there's always been um, when it comes down to the BDSM genre, there's like two camps in the sense of um, how to, to, to what level of 
truthness there is to the story, um, especially because, you know, when Fifty Shades of Grey first came out, everybody was like, oh, we did not know that was a kink or I did not know there was such a thing as a BDSM situation. And unfortunately, there's a lot of authors that did not do the research. Now, I'm not saying you have to live the life, you know, from that perspective, but how much research do you do for your stories? Um, It's a really good point. I mean, you want to be sure that you are portraying uh, people correctly and characters correctly. And so you have to really understand kind of the psychology of why people would be attracted to this. Um, what I find the vast majority of readers that I have that, that read daddy books are people that are so super stressed uh, in this incredibly fast paced lifestyle that we all have. Um, that the idea of having somebody else that does everything for you is supremely attractive. Um, and so you, you take that backwards to then how does it feel if you're in that uh, activity? Um, and what would you be doing? And how, what kind of ways would someone uh, take care of you? And would they show you that they uh, love and cherish you? And all of those things go together to form a story. Um, I'm a real pantser. I never know where my stories are coming from. Uh, pantser, for the people that don't know, or, or means that when you sit down to write, you don't have an outline, you just write the story. And I am lucky that my characters pretty well tell me uh, their background and uh, information about them so that I can craft a story that hopefully uh, resonates with everyone and rings true. Yeah, thank you for that. Because I know that there is um, individuals that when they first read a book that includes some kink, sometimes they don't realize that they had a kink and then they might use what they read as some form of how-to guide. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> so when certain books came out and they were doing things not how it should be done, you know, a lot of people in the community were a little upset because it was dangerous and, you know, physically and of course, mentally and emotionally, because there is a dynamic there that has to be established um, along with consent and, and boundaries and all that stuff. So um, when it comes down to that, those authors that really do the research are precious to me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because you do have a responsibility in what you're sharing um, to make sure that you're not leading people into um, whether it be emotional danger or physical danger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I take this the equivalent of if this was a cookbook and your recipe made people sick, um, you would not be allowed to continue to write, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's where that comes to play. Um, are there any other genres, even within um, BDSM, that you have not written in that you're wanting to or thinking about writing in? You know, I have really settled on this kind of as my lane. Um, I always joke at book conferences that I can daddy up just about any kind of uh, book that's out there. So if you give me, um, uh, you know, any kind of particular uh, format that you like, I can pretty well figure out how to slide a daddy in there. So I have soldier daddies, I have sorcerer daddies, I have alien daddies, I have contemporary, um, I've got uh, my first uh, series that came out uh, had medical play in it. It was all, all different patients of uh, one particular doctor. And um, that series was so popular that there are 34 books in that, and I'm not allowed to ever stop writing it. So <laughs> really, you can just kind of sneak it in. I've written a dark daddy, um, sci-fi daddy. I mean, there's just all sorts of different ways you could do it. It's a very flexible kind of genre to be able to um, use the same type of uh, dominant and submissive relationship uh, 
however it is. You could have shifter daddies. You could have whatever daddies. I mean, it's, it's really fun to write. <laughs> so you pretty much already kind of covered all those little other subgenres within the PNR and uh, the sci-fi yeah. and the aliens with still being able to keep and maintain daddy, you know, BDSM kink right. in the storyline. That's yeah. great. And I call them daddy books. That's just an easy way to call them. But I have about every combination of daddy, mommy, whether it's the male dominant, female dominant uh, relationship to whether the littles are male or female. Um, I can do about up to three people. And then after that, I start losing track of arms and legs during important times. So um, I, I just stopped there. So, uh, but it's, it's an interesting dynamic to read uh, everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one of my favorite books that I have is a, is a mommy little boy book. And it is a soldier that came back damaged from war and um, a lady that that takes care of him, which is a, an amazing relationship between the two of them. So sometimes it's very uh, touching, meaningful, important uh, relationships, as well as being, you know, uh, entertaining and, and loving. Mm-hmm. I love that you um, have included female doms in that, you know, more alpha role as well. I think a lot of times, they, I don't see a lot of those in romance. There are a lot of more males as a dom versus yes. dominatrixes. So that's fantastic. You know, one of my goals is to create a book where everyone can see themselves in that character. So I try to include a, a variety of different ethnicities, of ages, of sizes, of shapes, all of those things so that somebody, when they pick up a book, can go, Oh, you know, this could be me, which is, is fun. That's, that's again, fantastic because I think it's something that a lot of people have wanted and just, there just isn't anybody out there that's writing it and, or it's very limited and it may not be within the kink that they're specifically wanting to check out. (laughs) And of course I'm, you know, I'm just me. I'm sitting here. I've got my own experiences and and no one else. So when I'm writing outside of what my lane of life would particularly be, um, I enjoy having a reader or someone that I know that fits kind of that profile that I can bounce questions off of, that I can run the book by uh, to make sure that I am you know, doing what I want to do and creating a story and not adding anything else in that would distract from that story. So I'm very lucky to have readers that are uh, willing to support me and, you know, look at these. When I approach a reader and I'm like, would you read this for me? Because I want to make sure I've got this right. Um, I have never had anyone say, no, I, I don't want you to, I don't want to read this. They're like, this is all about me. This is the best, you know? So it, it is fun um, to also pull other people in and realize that you need to do that just to make sure everything is correct. Oh yeah. No, being included from a, whether it's a, you know, cultural background, if it's that, you know, inclusive of, you know, anybody that has different neurodivergencies, um, cult, you know, again, everybody, everybody and and this inclusive of the different kinks because usually you see the one type of kink that's very popular and so knowing that there's other ones out there people will be like oh okay let's look at that and oh my god i can identify better with this you know book because i'm in it of sorts you know right yeah yeah. so that's important so thank you for that as well and as a panzer how do you, the ideas come to you? Because if you, uh, you know, from that perspective, because a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to li- outline some stuff. So you can already have an idea of what you're going to write about. But as a pantser, how does that work for you? That's a really good question. And I, I wish I had a, you know, a cut answer for it. But really, I sit down and I've got an idea of who my characters are. And I know that I'm going to uh, happy ever after. Um, I don't want to believe that anything other than that exists in the world. So it's just the journey that's going to take them from where they are when we start 
to them being together at the end. Um, and I, I just start writing and it happens. Um, every once in a while, I'll uh, think, okay, so we've got to have something here uh, that maybe is going to test them a little bit. And so I'll design something else to go in there to uh, have them have a hurdle that they need to get over uh, to really cement their relationship. But most of the time, it just kind of happens. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff sometimes can just flow as the thing goes. But at the same time, I also know sometimes the characters can be particular or problematic. Um, do you hear the characters in your in your head as voices? Or, you know, some people say, oh, I see them, at, I see, see like pictures. Or is it just what the pen, what comes out of the pen? You know, it's just really whatever I'm typing that comes out. Um, and I... I know that if I am so into the story that uh, I'm like crying during a really important scene, I know that all my readers are going to cry at that point as well. So I, I just try to pour all of those feelings into uh, whatever it is that scene needs to have uh, and then go on. You, you authors love to make us cry. We do. Yes. <laughs> if I can make you cry, then I know I've got you because you are feeling exactly what I want you to feel uh, and exactly what I felt as I was writing that scene. Yeah, I am usually not a crier. And I remember it was Sasha Summers, who's one of her books was the first one to make me cry. And she's also a good friend. So she knew this about me that I'm not a crier. I mean, there's been stuff thrown at me that have made people crash down and cry and I'm like it's emotional it's really sad but no tears and it's not that I'm cold hearted or anything because again I will cry at a Hallmark commercial um (laughs) (laughs) Folgers dude you guys are awful anyways um (laughs) but when when her book made me cry and I told her she did the the most loudest heinous evil laugh (laughs) I was like you suck. So, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, other author friends have now learned that okay, she doesn't usually cry. So, if we make her cry, okay, we got her. And I'm like, oh, you all are bad. I got to start giving you guys mugs that say author, you know, tears of the readers or listeners in this case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there are some people that have, you know, like the ornate ornate jars on their desks that are you know my readers tears or things like that uh, that they just sprinkle into different things uh, Mm -hmm. for fun (laughs) fantastic so you've been writing these stories and you have all these books out now what made you decide to have them be um, placed into audio you know that's a really good question um when I first started, like I was telling you, there, there weren't a whole bunch of um, daddy authors that were out there writing. And as I wrote more books and interacted more with readers, uh, I learned just how many people out there really enjoy audiobooks and wanted to listen to books uh, uh, on audio as well. And so I just started very gradually putting one book after another. I found an amazing um, narrator that was just starting her career as well. And she took this series that has 34 books in it and started recording those. And all the characters kind of interact as they go together. And between the two of us, we were able to kind of come up with distinct characters that she could go back and say, oh, this is Charlotte's voice. And she could pull that out and do that. Uh, And they just kind of grew um, as the audiobooks went out. They got they became more and more popular as people listened to them and enjoyed them. Uh, And you had to have all of them. So, you know, you wanted this one and that one and all of those, because you were going to hear those same characters again as you uh, went on. Um, And she did a masterful job uh, putting them all together, which I really appreciated because I didn't have a clue what I was doing when we first started. Yeah. um, And that's Nicole Renee, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, it's um, really daunting when there are so many books in a series. I always, I'm always, when I start, I'm going, 
okay, Vivi, just take it a book at a time. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And then you end up binging it and you're going, dude, I'm almost done. When's the next book coming out? (laughs) So I can totally understand where your listeners were like, yeah, okay. There's 30 books where the rest of them and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Right. And and in that series, we chose the most popular books to start with. Um, And then as I have written other series past then, then we have the, those whole series in, um, recorded in audiobook. Um, so it, you know, it's been kind of a gradual build of everything to go back and record all 90 of my books. It's just an overwhelming, <laughs> overwhelming, oh, yeah. uh, job to be able to do. Uh, but you know, once you get started on them, they, they are addictive mm-hmm. to keep putting yeah, and, and the listeners are voracious and they, they will devour the series and the books and they're just like wanting more. Yes. And I've had some really funny stories of people that are listening to my books as they're driving down the road. And, oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> they'll stop to go through the drive through window and uh, hit the thing to start it again. And all of a sudden, all the people at McDonald's are listening to a specific scene that they probably should not be listening to. And um, it really is fun that the things they share with me that happen during the audio. Yeah, I tend to have to disable my Bluetooth at times when I get into my car because automatically it's already set up for that. And for whatever reason, I, 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 I don't even touch it. And it'll start playing a a book that I have on there, even though I usually don't listen on my phone or have it set up that way where you have to manually click on it because of that same reason. Um, We've been caught in important scenes in public and you do not want that. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is very true. Mm -hmm. So as you continue to um, write and have these books come out in audio, how involved have you been as far as casting and thinking about future books in who you're going to be casting in uh, for the narrators and if they're going to be single narrated dual narration maybe duets you know and that's one thing that i need to do some more um research some more uh schooling for myself on all the different possibilities that are going to be out there uh, this year, I am going to the Allure uh, yes. Book Conference, and I am really looking forward to seeing all the different possibilities. I have one book that's in a dual uh, narration. Um, that's one of my dark romances. It's it's not really a daddy. It is, but I, could, I couldn't make it a daddy, so it's a daddy without the word daddy in it, mm-hmm. if you understand what I mean. <laughs> uh, dare, dare darker. Um, it still has that same kind of sentiment, but it's not quite as uh, in your face as some of the other ones are. But um, And I, I loved that dynamic of hearing uh, the male uh, narrator and the female narrator interacting um, as, as if the conversations were, you know, going on, which is, is awesome. So that I'm looking forward to going to the conference and finding out just where the cutting edge line is now for uh, narration in audiobooks and, and where I'm need to be starting to to focus in the future. I have a series that I'm writing with uh, another author, Paige Michaels, which is uh, Little Cakes, and it's all based out of a cupcake uh, bakery. And um, we are getting a lot of requests to have those be on audio. Um, She has a narrator um, that she normally uses. I have a narrator that I normally use. And we've just kind of decided that we're going to look for someone new that's going to be our narrator for that series. So um, that's another thing that I'm, you know, keeping my eye out kind of when we get to uh, Allure in September is, you know, picking up some names, interacting with some people. I had one narrator when I very first started uh, that was awful just just as unpleasant as unpleasant could be and i i pride myself on being able to get along with a lot of different personalities and i'm i'm a normally very positive person and finally i i just asked him i'm like do you want out of this contract and he's like 
I'll, I'll send my letter in. You send your letter in. <laughs> I was just, so I was a little bit in shock there. So, you know, I want to be sure Nicole Renee is a dream to work with. She is just so professional and wonderful. And I, I want to find someone that will be able to read those little cake books for Paige Michaels and I and be that kind of wonderful personality to interact with professionalism to take care of those why Nicole Renee is still doing all of my um, Pepper North books. So it's, you know, there's a balance. I, I put out so many books, I definitely can overwhelm people. So <laughs> it's, it's good to maybe divide and conquer a little bit. Well, I will say that um, the Allure event is perfect for you then for multiple facts, obviously the, you know, connecting with the listeners and it, because it is a specific um, only for, I think this is the first one that focuses on audiobooks yeah. and there's also going to be production companies there others that work with production companies so the house itself is not there you'll have some of the other people that can provide you with some info and a bunch of narrators and unfortunately like with any business they are assholes and those that have huge egos and mm, but the majority of them the majority of the folks are very kind and very nice and very professional and usually, you know, you can get some suggestions and ideas from listeners, but also, you know, working with some other people that have been in the industry, even if it's not as a narrator, will also help you with that um, line of things sometimes because fans are great. I love them. I'm one as well, but they only see one side of things, which is the voice and the rest of us that work in the industry see the other side. <laughs> that- <laughs> Yeah. And the best thing is uh, at Allure, they're offering all sorts of classes for the narrators, but for the authors as well. So I really do feel like I'm going to get a lot of information uh, just from attending. Uh, And I get to hang out with Nicole Renee, who's just a a dream. I enjoy uh, spending time with her. We've met several times. So uh, yeah, looking forward to to meeting you guys. Yeah, there's going to be a bunch of panels, including one on marketing that I'm sitting in for nice. how to market your audiobooks because I think sometimes authors forget that that's a format that you all have sometimes and you're like pimping out the ebook and pimping out the 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 paperback and then they're like oh yeah and the audio is available too <laughs> and I'm going no do not yeah. do that <laughs> Believe me, any bit of information I can glean about how to reach uh, more listeners is wonderful. Yeah, um, my audiobooks do well, but they can always do better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're need to get together with the rest of the the, the panel and figure out what we're going to be focusing on. But I have a bunch of ideas, and because it's what I do, and um, there's so many fun ways to do it. Because it's work, but working should be fun. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So, when you're not working and attending these Allure events and other conventions, um, what do you do for fun? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I am, I'm a writing machine. So, I write every single day, but I do play hooky every once in a while. Yes. Since we've moved to Florida and even before Florida, I love, I love golf. I love yoga. Um, I love spending time with my husband and uh, doing some vacationing and things like that. Um, so all of those things are, are fun to, you've got to enjoy life as well. I have wonderful neighbors here and we all get together and have great times together. So, uh, you know, you just have to maintain a balance, I think, of between work and play and uh, feeding your soul as well as feeding. Nope, sorry, you broke up there. Feeding your soul and feeding your pocketbook. I'm yeah. sorry. Is no, what it's I okay. said. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Must have been the lovely rain going through or something. Who knows? Oh, yeah, it happens. It's okay. That's why I'm like, nope, what'd you say? Oh, okay, got it. Pocketbook. Yeah, it's it's that work-life balance um, is very important. And um, as many will do, um, advocate for it. We just sometimes don't follow it because, you know, life. <laughs> so I'm yes. glad that you do that. Yeah. No, lots of, lots of fun things to do here outdoor wise um, when you, you know, trying to beat the heat too, but you know, first thing in the morning, is always nice even in the summers. <laughs> yes, it is definitely, definitely true. We came from uh, Kansas city 
And everybody's like, oh, you're going to die in Florida. And really, we're finding the heat and the humidity is pretty much the same. It's just a little hotter here longer. Um, but other than that, it's it's great. And we have no snow, which is the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> yeah, Um I know my husband is originally from Connecticut and he would love to move back north. And I, and I always tell him, I go, we would have to make sure that the house is in a driveway that is not at a steep angle and um, that I can potentially work from home and have snow days for myself because I am a born and raised native Floridian. And while I'm sure I will learn and conquer it, I may still not want to do it because no. driving the snow. So <laughs> Not at all. No, I don't miss that at all. Yeah, that's I hear that a lot when it comes down to people that move down. Well, that's why we call we call them snowbirds when we get them for you know long since of during the winter. So why we get yes. them? They can stay away and get to enjoy beaches and and pools and stuff like that. And then you're like, okay, I see the draw. I see it. Yeah. Yes. You work with words all day long, and you write plenty of them. So, what's your favorite word? Separate from curse word, because that's the second part of that question. <laughs> uh, you know, this is really funny. Um, my degree was in French and Spanish. So uh, oh. I've always been a real wordy. And um, I, I don't have any particular training in English. But because I've studied so many grammatical systems for, for both French and Spanish, then I I uh, kind of put things to, you know, I have a little more insight maybe than somebody that uh, just comes without having any background at all. But my absolute favorite word, and I have no idea why, is the French word for grapefruit, which is pomplemousse. And uh, it just is so much fun to say, and I just love the way it sounds, and that's just... it's just been my word forever. So pomplemousse is my word. Ah, um, yeah, that, that, how it kind of yes. fills the, the mouth and how you have to move your tongue, plumplemousse. <laughs> it, it is so funny. Poor Nicole Renee. I ha- every restaurant I have has a French name and people, <laughs> people have Spanish uh, dishes that they're eating and all sorts of different things. Those languages keep weaving their way back in there and she'll say how do you say this and oh that is so awesome yeah she does a lot of research but yeah there was one author that i was working with and they had um some french in it and the the narrators had no i mean they've done it before with accents and stuff like that but not actual phrases and and so she the author got someone that does speak French to you know at, you know little MP3 um, files of the words and how right. it's said, and there was one word and I'm going, I know how to say that and I know what that means because it's also very similar to how I said in Spanish and it was yo- like in Spanish is yogur with right. yogurt and right. and in French is yo, yo- oh, I'm gonna kill it now York mm-hmm. yeah like like York and so stuff like that and I'm like well I know that one I was so proud. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah. I, I love words. They're just really interesting. Um, I, in English, I love to squeeze in um, kind of whimsical words, you know, a skedaddle or, you know, all those different things that maybe you haven't heard for a while. I, I love putting things in there and seeing how they resonate with readers. Um, sometimes those words are just the absolute perfect one to go into a story. Oh yeah, and I have a friend that was oh that I'm anytime I'm DMing him or whatever we're talking he'll he'll say something funny and I'm like blah, 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 or whatever and then he'll you know he'll reply back I think it was this morning I he said one thing and I said something like no dude that's a drink and he goes I know it's a drink Dingleberry and I'm going I love you <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> those little words like Dingleberry and you know you know skedaddle and stuff like that it's you know it's it's those are fun bamboozled yeah, yeah I mean I just I love them yes that's yeah. just fun the language is a fun thing to play with mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of people that are not bilingual um, I think sometimes miss out because while English can be very pretty and have very whimsical words there's also a little bit of a limitation when it comes to how you can express yourself because once you know spanish oh dear lord the things you can say and there's like different levels of being upset and different levels of how you emotionally feel attached to someone from i like you to i love you but in english that's 
basically the two options that you have or I adore you that might be another level but in Spanish and I think even in a lot of the other romance languages there are different levels and those are always fun the emotion that's packed into certain words Mm -hmm. has great meaning yes Mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah so I love that you add those in there and do you ever add some of that stuff just to see about Nicole seeing she can do it because I know some authors you all do <laughs> a that challenge too. let's yeah. do it uh, <laughs> no I no. don't but that would be a really good story I should re- I should start cultivating that to try yeah. to throw something in there for her <laughs> no a lot of authors will do that with their narrators either add an accent just a throwaway accent that you're like like not has not ever been done in the book series before or one that is so obscured and then the same thing with some of the words and it's like really really okay love i got you hold my beer you know (laughs) i'm sure that does make it fun as a narrator to have something unique that -hmm. you get to pull out and try a little bit that's fun yeah plus also conversational with the authors when you have that relationship of saying really woman yeah oh but i'm with you (laughs) you know that that is one of those things uh you've got to find your people when you're involved in all these projects so that uh, you trust them and they trust you and you can have fun doing it because really life is way too short to be, you know, extremely serious about everything. Yeah, exactly. Not t- 100% with you there. So on that note, what is your favorite curse word? Ooh, you know, I am the world's worst cusser. Um, I, my mother was a first, second grade teacher. I, we did, we're not allowed to cuss (laughs) at home. And I just never grew up using any type of curse words at all. So when I get into a situation where I have to, like the very first uh, fight and really probably the only fight my husband and I ever had, um, he was just being a total jerk and I could not come up with anything to call him. It was the most frustrating situation ever. I think I finally ended up calling him a butthole. And that was like (laughs) the worst thing I could think of to come up with. Uh, It's just so I I fail this assignment totally. (laughs) It's just not one that comes into me. And when I write, if if there's a dam in my book, you know, that's that's pretty hardcore. You never know. Interesting. It's just I love not part it. of my in my mindset. It's funny. It's oh my goodness. I love how we have all our little things, you know, there's different little quirks, little things that we do that we don't do in our and right. when it comes down to you guys as the authors and these stories. That's fantastic. I love it. Like sometimes I mean I can use fuck as an adjective pronoun and verb and all that fun stuff. But I also sometimes know that authors will use certain words and even some scenes as fillers. And that's where I'm like, yeah, no, dude, don't do that. And yeah, so yeah, be a, you can get creative on those too. I used to have an author that um, was writing a holiday series. And so each holiday had like a heroine and a hero and stuff like that. And for Christmas, the elf was the heroine and it was like peppermint sticks. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, how fun is that? <laughs> yeah, like, yes. Vegetables. <laughs> something in a theme i love it it was so cute um because then the the hero started messing with her but anyways (laughs) i love that yeah fun it was fun yeah one of the things i do love playing with um our guests is a getting to know you type of game and just also to kind of see how tricky you all are and i should know this by now that y'all can be pretty tricky but i still do it it's okay is to play to truth and a lie where you tell us three things about yourself and one is a lie and we have to figure out which one that is and the listeners do play along i'm just gonna go with that because otherwise it's kind of sad but anyways um so why don't you go ahead and tell us your three things and we will try to figure out which one's the lie okay um i almost lost my left hand during covid following a dog bite i consider myself to be a typical author type and I get embarrassed listening to my stories on audio. Mm. See, you you tricky there because two are book related and and one's a dog thing and that's different. Okay, okay. I want to say the lie is losing the left hand, but you know, almost losing the left hand. 
it is only because I it was a cat bite. Oh, um, I almost lost Turkey. my hand because of a of a cat bite. So if anybody ever gets bit by a cat, yeah, you go immediately, immediately and get antibiotics because it was bad news. Um, but no, uh, definitely, I I'm not that typical author type. We've kind of talked about that. First off, I don't know a stranger. I I can talk to anybody, and a lot of authors seem to be very. Um, uh, more uh, introverted types, yeah. more introverted types. Yeah, that's just kind of their world that they uh, enjoy and feel comfortable in. Um, and I'm pretty happy in about every situation ever, except for like the floor is lava. That would be bad. But um, <laughs> uh, and then it is so super true. The very first time I had to go through and re- and listen to the audio tracks that Nicole Renee had made for me. I was like, holy heck, did I really write this? You, know? <laughs> sure you all are shocked when you, this happens. I think the majority of you in, are in that camp, by the way. Oh, is that right? Well, good. That makes me feel better. That's not just me. <laughs> Somehow listening to it, and maybe that's the total allure of audiobooks, is that it makes it seem so much more real. Um, than just reading it off of a page. Maybe there's a little dulling of the sensation when you're reading it from the page versus having it drummed into your brain. I don't yeah, know. it's a lot more personal, I think, because they're you know they're in our earbuds and we can kind of hear the emotion, and someone else is saying it versus what we think in our head. It might be how it's being said, and so that's where it's a little more like real, and you're going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but a lot of y'all are like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like shocked. That's what I wrote. I'm like, yeah, no, duh, you wrote the book. Yes, <laughs> yes, and you know that will be an interesting conversation to to have with different narrators. Of you know, is, is there a type of book that you just cannot read? Because um, there are some scenes I write that are. You know, I I am crying desperately every time I read this section of the book and I will I have warned Nicole Renee you know do whatever you have to do but you are this is going to kill you to read this with a straight uh, expression without getting into this and um, to be able to do what uh, narrators do is an amazing feat I just can't imagine I couldn't do it no, they're, they're, well, that's why they're other professionals and they exactly. have, they've gotten yeah. coaching, they have experience because they can portray those emotions and even moments where, you know, the heroine might say something that completely cracks everybody up, but the hero is pissed off about it, you know, and they having to not laugh is, you know, or the opposite where someone's crying and it's really emotional how they can put that little in, in the tone of their voices and how we know that hmm, you're laughing as a character, not as the narrator talking is just like chef's kiss. And pure that, skill. Yeah, it skill. is. Yes. Yep. And, that, and it takes time to, to learn it. And some people are, are God given talents. I'm not taking that away from anybody, but there are certain things too, that they, you know, the, the benefit of getting coaching, whether it's dialect or the acting side of things, or even heck some of, some of the business stuff, because sometimes, you know, authors and narrators forget you are your business. And so, you know, tax season, bro, tax season, um, <laughs> you know, um, return on investments, all that fun stuff. And it's, you know, and the listeners can tell when you're also phoning it in, um, and especially those that have been around a lot and, or even those that know the, the narrator that have been listening to the narrators a long time. And we're going, mm, you weren't really into this one. Cause you phoned it in or were you tired, boo? You know? Yes. So, yeah. So it's important to have those professionals. And when you're writing those scenes, you also want it to portray the pro- proper way, you know, so right. your listeners can enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah. You'll have a fun time at Allure with all the, the information yeah and also the networking getting to know other authors and you too get embarrassed yay (laughs) yay oh i'm sure yeah Uh, i might just do that on my panel i might just bust out with okay raise your hands authors if you get embarrassed when listening to your audio files yes (laughs) and we all lift our hand yes Yes. oh my pepper higher (laughs) yes that's me i'll put both hands up (laughs) yeah 
I love it. Oh yeah. Gotta have fun again. Gotta have fun. Um, Before we go, um, why don't you tell us what you're currently working on that you can share and what's coming up next for you? I am, I had a big project this year that was um, a new kind of office romance uh, that's set in a corporation. And so um, it's my first series that I've ever taken wide. So it's going out over all the different platforms and has been the one that we've uh, played around with. So there were five books that are in this series and um, the fourth one is coming out on October, not October, August the 2nd. So not too, not too long from now. Uh, and then there's just one more left. Um, and that is Daddy Searching. And each of them are different people in this corporation. So this story is about the cybersecurity expert. Um, and so it's a, it's a fun one. I love it. Uh, and then I'm co-writing with um, Paige Michaels, who is like a beast of a writer. She can do like 5,000 words in a day. I think I write fast, but it's just amazing how quick she can write. Um, and we are having an absolute blast writing these cupcake books that we are doing from the Little Cake series. And they're all the different uh, books are named after different cupcakes. So the next one coming up is on August 9th and it's Black Forest. Um, so uh, all, all of these different little cupcakes are just so cute out there. Uh, we, we watch them soar up the charts and here will be all of these incredibly expensive covers and there's a little lemon cupcake or there's a <laughs> black forest cupcake. We're just like, this is the best thing ever um, so that we're doing those. Um, for the rest of the year, I've got uh, books kind of all signaled out. I've got some uh, projects for the uh, end of the year. And then I've got a brand new series that I'm working on um, for next year at the beginning. That is a concept that I don't think has been done. So I'm super excited by it. And it is um, kind of a second chance romance. The series is called uh, A Second Chance for Mr. Wright. Mm. And uh, so those will be coming out and they have the absolute most beautiful covers I have ever seen um, that are being designed. So I, I love them and some really hunky guys, um, <laughs> really hunky guys, which is fun. Uh, this uh, uh, ABC Towers series of, of all the business romances was my first that I invested in um, exclusive covers, exclusive photos for covers. Mm -hmm. um, and so all of my neighbors are like, when are you choosing your next uh, cover? Can, can we come over and help you choose? I'm like, no, you cannot come help me look through all these pictures. We would be here for days on end as we're looking for pictures. It's a tough job, people. It's, it's a tough, tough job. job. It's a horrible, tough job. So, um, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, one of the covers. It has uh, Kevin R. Davis on it. I don't know uh, if you know him. He is like the, tr the, the what's become the silver fox kind of uh, image and the nicest man ever. Uh, he is going to be going to Shameless Book Con here in Orlando with me. He'll it, That will be my first time that I've ever taken a model to a, a book convention. Okay, so book conference. I, was, I was on the fence about going, but if you're going to be there, girl. I am there. You should <laughs> so come. Yes. And you can take a picture with Kevin R. Davis, which will be fun. I, uh, I, I'm sure he's lovely, but I'm I'm more like Pepper. Yes, please come <laughs> see me. I would love that. So yeah, that's my very last conference of the year. Mm -hmm. By that time, we'll be, uh, you know, in the short run, ready to go home and uh, have everything all done. But uh, uh, it's it's fun. So there's always lots of stuff. People ask me if I ever run out of ideas and I'm like, no, because I don't really know where they come from to the begin with. So somehow I can always come up with a new one, mm -hmm. you know. So I've got this next series all lined out and wow. already my mind is starting to think of the next one. So we, we will see what happens. 
Oh, you're all set. And so are we as listeners. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to get, so I get to hang out with you at a lower end and get to hang out with you again. It's shameless. Yes. That would be great. I'd love it. Yeah. It'd be fun. Um, (laughs) I promise I won't do anything like lava floor, you know, lava, lava Uh, floor. (laughs) And I'm standing on my desk. (laughs) And I'm on chair, on the table, wherever I am. Yeah. I'll be good. I'm sure, there's a, I'm sure there's a drink, something lava. We can sure just make the floor is lava into a new drink. That'll yeah. be good. Well, yeah. speaking of, I was going to ask if once this series with the uh, the cupcakes is done, are you guys thinking of doing like a cookbook based off of the cupcakes in the series? That is such a, a good idea. And we had, we discussed it when we first started, if we should, for each one of the cupcakes that came out, add a uh, cupcake with it. And, you know, we hadn't done that. We did, um, in conjunction with this, come up with uh, an adult style coloring book that are all different cupcakes that are amazingly intricate to color. And that has been a a huge success. People have loved, loved, loved that Mm -hmm. uh, as kind of a companion piece to this. But I, I have a feeling probably the cupcake cookbook is going to happen just yeah. because it's such a great idea um and would be fun fun yeah. to do you can also do an accompanying cocktail themed after the cupcakes yum <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that that's good i could just live on cocktails and cupcakes okay, why not <laughs> Yeah, I think readers and listeners love when that happens, especially when there is part of a series and then they're like, oh, then we get to cook and or they're re-listening to it. They'll have a co- you know a cocktail with it. Those are always fun. So, yes. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Pepper, for taking the time to hang out with me today. It's been so much fun. I've enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you for uh, inviting me to come join you. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to September so we can hang out in Allure and then again later. And I mean, we do live in the same state, not that yes. far from each other. So between in between stuff, we'll have to kind of get together, maybe have some fun with those recipes. Connect. Um, yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you ever do need help with the models, let me know with the photos. Thank um, you. <laughs> You're such a giver. I am. I'm, <laughs> it's all about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll be including all your information, including links to your social media on our, the main post for this episode over at Viviana and Chances of Books. So you guys can follow her and find her and start adding those books to your list if you haven't already done so. So until next time, happy listenings. Thank you. Thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter. Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The Audiobook Loving Podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening. <laughs>